Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's not an uncommon fantasy. You find out you have a distant relative who has died and left you an unexpected inheritance. It's also not uncommon for a con artist to exploit that fantasy, contacting you about a huge fortune because, well, it could be yours. Spoiler alert on that one, though. It's not yours. In this episode, we're talking about what are known as inheritance cons, and we have a two-for-one special. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarki. And I'm Holly Fry. A little background first. According to the Federal Trade Commission, often these kinds of scams begin when you receive a letter from an estate locator, banker, lawyer, or tax agent claiming you may be eligible for a considerable inheritance. Today, this might also come in the form of an email or a social media message. Sometimes the con artist will tell you you are legally entitled to claim the inheritance. Other times, they might tell you an unrelated wealthy person has died without an heir and that you could inherit the fortune through some legal chicanery because you happen to share the same last name. However it's sold, your inheritance, the letter will likely claim, is difficult to access due to some legitimate-sounding reasons like government regulations or taxes or bank restrictions. And with that being the case, you'll be asked to Pay some money and provide personal details to make your claim and help facilitate the legal and financial aspects of the transaction. And that is where the con artist fleeces you out of your money. 
When we're talking about a real inheritance, legitimate law firms or executors of will don't require you to pay a fee to find out about your share of an estate. Let's talk about how inheritance cons played out when it came to swindling the Baker and Drake families, two big names in this scam's history. Imagine how the Bakers of the world felt when a Colonel Jacob Baker died, leaving an estate that included most of the land that the city of Philadelphia is built on. It was worth billions, numbers not adjusted for today's dollars. There was no known rightful heir, and the estate remained unprobated. If you're waiting for the gotcha moment, here it is. There was a problem with the Baker estate, and it wasn't the lack of an heir. The problem was, the story was a total fabrication. Colonel Jacob Baker was a fictional character. There was no estate, no inheritance, and a man named William Cameron Morrow Smith and his associates collected millions of dollars from hopeful heirs before the so-called Baker Heirs Swindle was shut down in 1936. Cameron Smith began his Baker Heirs Swindle by publishing ads in newspapers announcing the death of a wealthy colonel, the Jacob Baker from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he gave his character quite a life story. In his life, Smith stated Baker had been a German-born surveyor who settled in Pennsylvania in 1765. He had volunteered and served as a surgeon in the Continental Army during the American Revolution. And as a reward for his service, he was given some pretty extensive, expansive, and expensive land grants, much containing valuable coal, lead, and zinc deposits. The worth of this estate over the years had grown upwards of $3 billion, according to Smith's ads, and equaled nearly the entire city of Philadelphia in size. And it included significant city properties. We're talking about Independence Hall, Franklin Square, and the U.S. Mint. But the ad stated Baker had no heir. Smith marketed himself as the guy who could happily help you claim your right to that Baker fortune. For a fee, of course. That fee seems to have been somewhere between a dollar and $20, and occasionally higher. It seemed to many like a reasonable price to pay to help get that huge inheritance. And just like that, Smith's con was up and running. Smith told those who paid into his scam that their fee, paid up front, of course, would be pooled and used to find the legal and rightful heir or heirs to the Baker fortune. There would be lawyers to pay. There would be genealogists to pay. Anyone with the surname Baker, living domestically or abroad, was welcome to make a claim. Just make that check out to the firm of William Cameron Morrow Smith. The first group of potential Baker heirs, once legally organized with Smith's help, became known as the Baker Heirs Association. And though the original group began in Pennsylvania, local associations quickly popped up around the country as well as across Canada. These established groups would typically collect dues from members and also organize events to attract new due-paying members. Press coverage of the Heirs Association meetings paint a picture of how members in attendance were united in a, quote, sense of outrage at being denied their birthright, a shared resentment that transcended class and gender. Just as those associations were literally all over the map, they were also all over the place when it came to their rules. Some required proof of lineage to the Baker family. Others allowed anyone, meaning non-Bakers, 
to buy in regardless of ancestry. Hundreds of people with and without the last name Baker paid to be part of this scam, hoping to be the colonel's heir. And the con even went beyond North America. Families in England and in other European countries were filing claims with Baker associations in the United States and Canada. Because Jacob Baker wasn't real, all the fee payments and dues sent across the Atlantic went to lining the pockets of Smith and his accomplices. Though Smith had published ads in newspapers to garner attention to his inheritance scam, he and his accomplices used the Postal Service to solicit money through the mail. So we're talking about those fees people paid to join the club. Because anyone who thought they might be a Baker descendant paid an enrollment fee and then monthly dues, inheritance scams like this one can also be a type of advance fee scam. Give me money before I give you nothing in return, the reality is. But as we see with Smith and his use of the Postal Service to collect fees, his scam could also be considered mail fraud. Mail fraud can include a few types of schemes, including things like financial fraud, scams to get you to pay for free services, or sweepstakes fraud. It also includes cons like phony inheritance scams, and that's because they often come with this caveat. You need to first send a payment before any money can be released to you. The United States Postal Service has a law enforcement arm called the United States Postal Inspection Service, or the Postal Inspectors. Using the Postal Service in part of any scheme to try to procure funds through dishonest means is a federal offense. So whether Smith's con had been successful or not, just making that mail fraud gesture was an offense. And the reason we bring all this up is, it was a team of postal inspectors who brought down the Baker Heirs' swindle. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors. And when we're back, we'll talk about how postal inspectors were the key to ruining William Cameron Morrow Smith's con. for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E 
com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's meet Postmaster Inspector Alfred T. Hawksworth and how he and his team took on fraud. In 1902, postal inspectors started investigating inheritance schemes, but for many years they had little success in stopping them. Of the Baker Heirs swindle investigation, Postmaster Inspector Alfred T. Hawksworth of Philadelphia stated, quote, For about 70 years, rumors have been repeated about a mythical Jacob Baker estate in Philadelphia, which for various reasons has been unprobated. Numerous heirs associations have been formed with the idea of forcing distribution of this non-existent estate. The promoters in the three associations indicted today claimed it to be worth anywhere from $1.8 billion to $3 billion dollars. It is the biggest mail fraud case I believe the department has ever encountered, involving both in of persons and money. The sheer number of people involved in this scam was more than the postal inspectors had ever seen in this sort of case, and after spending more than 18 months on the investigation, with a great deal of travel around the country following leads, Hawksworth was the first person who named William Cameron Morrow Smith as the head of the racket. Smith and his associates had forged a few important documents for their swindle. 
probably in case any one of the bakers asked for corroborating documentation. And that included creating an alleged will of Jacob Baker, as well as a few other estate-related letters. Things really started moving against Smith when postal inspectors were able to get their hands on that alleged will, and with it, soon discovered, well, they discovered some interesting things. Through forensic analysis, which did exist at the time, but wasn't nearly as helpful as it can be today, they concluded that the paper the will was written on was manufactured in 1890. Jacob Baker, however, Smith had claimed, had died in 1839. So the paper, they concluded, had been artificially aged. Then there were the signatures of the witnesses to the will, which, through handwriting analysis, inspectors also concluded had been forged. With a now questionable will in hand, inspectors then searched the land title records of every county in Pennsylvania, looking for the colonel's estate. They reviewed roughly 75 years' worth of information. According to Postal Inspector Hawksworth, his department investigated the estates of more than 200 deceased Jacob Bakers in Pennsylvania and found them all closed, and legally so. They concluded no such estate belonging to a Jacob Baker ever existed in the state, and then they proved something huge. There was no one named Jacob Baker from the state of Pennsylvania who had served as a commissioned officer in the Continental Army or Navy during the American Revolutionary War. And on top of that, even if there had been a Colonel Jacob Baker, which there had not been, there was also no record of the United States government or Continental Congress giving any land grants regarding wartime service to anyone with the surname Baker who resided in Pennsylvania. Nothing matched up. Due directly to Hawksworth's investigation, the decades-long Colonel Baker's estate con toppled. On December 15, 1936, and this is many years after Smith had taken out his initial newspaper advertisement, a federal grand jury returned three blanket indictments accusing 28 persons in three cities of promoting a mail fraud scheme. A scheme in which, according to Thomas W. Lanigan, who was the special assistant U.S. attorney... More than $3 million had been collected through fraudulent means from more than 3,000 people. That's roughly $65 million in today's money. The Baker heirs' swindle had grown large over the years, and there were numerous regional associations in addition to outposts set up by Smith's cronies in numerous states. The indictments focused on three specific associations headquartered in the Pennsylvania cities of Johnstown, Altoona, and Pittsburgh. Smith was residing at the posh Powhatan Hotel in Washington, D.C., when he was named by authorities as the leader of the first group of Baker swindlers to be indicted. He was listed with the association out of Johnstown. And Emery Lycan Biddy, age 68, of Altoona, was listed as the leader of the second association. And two women, a Mrs. Margaret Lighthill and a Bertha Ross Dodson, both homemakers living in Pittsburgh, were listed as the leaders of the Third Association. Other defendants named included Mr. and Mrs. William S. Miller of Indiana, Pennsylvania, David J. Anderson, Fred F. Sprengel, W.H.C. Sprengel, Fred Dorr, Henry Wolford, all of Johnstown, Pennsylvania, N.H. Blau of Davidsville, Pennsylvania, George Felix Kinkle, 
Mr. and Mrs. Milton E. Best and Lewis C. Walkinshaw, all of Greensburg, Pennsylvania, Roy L. Biddle of Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania, John A. Biddle and Warren H. Biddle of Altoona, Pennsylvania, Jacob Latshaw of Loisburg, Pennsylvania, and a C.A. McCallum of Menden, Missouri. Unlike all of the others, McCallum was actually named in two of the indictments. More than 500 people agreed to testify in front of a federal grand jury against Smith, the Baker Heirs Association, and its defendants. According to court records, some of the purported heirs had paid fees totaling as much as $9,000. One man had mortgaged his home to contribute $1,700. Another hopeful heir had sent in $6,000 to Smith. As we mentioned, depending on the association you were with, fees varied, and apparently by a lot. Many convictions were handed out. In 1936, Smith was charged with conspiring to take possession of an estate on December 22, 1933, January 25, 1934, April 6, 1934. The list of dates is extensive, and we won't bore you with all of them, but the thing to note here was Smith was not convicted, not at that time. But that didn't mean that the case against him was completely dropped. In the next move against him, any and all documents relating to the Baker estate remaining in the hands of any of the defendants were impounded by the court. That was followed by court order for all files and papers deposited by Smith at the Fidelity Philadelphia Trust Company to be turned over to postal inspectors. Also by court order, all evidence related to the case was then sent to a man we mentioned earlier, Thomas W. Lanigan, Special Assistant U.S. Attorney, who is located in Washington, D.C. In 1937, in the case of the United States versus William Cameron Morrow Smith, Smith was convicted of defrauding at various places on numerous dates. Authorities noted that any officials or leaders of any other Baker associations in other parts of the country might be indicted later as well, and they were, across all of North America. That list includes a man named W.H. Baker, we finally found one, who supplied the long con with a fake Baker family genealogy, the fakest family tree you ever did see. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we're going to talk about another inheritance scam, one based on a real and famous person rather than a fictional one. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to Criminalia. As we said at the top of the show, this is a two-for-one inheritance scam bonanza. Cameron Smith was not the only swindler running a long-con inheritance scam in the early 1900s. Let's talk about a man named Oscar Hartzell and how he defrauded hopeful heirs to a 300-plus-year-old famous, and this time real, fortune. Around the same time as William Cameron Morrow Smith's con, the early 1900s, a scam was pulled on persons with the last name Drake, heirs of the Elizabethan explorer Sir Francis Drake. Drake, if you aren't familiar with him really, had a big life. We'll hit a few highlights. He was an English admiral in Queen Elizabeth's Royal Navy and was knighted in 1581. He was the first Englishman to circumnavigate the globe and considered an English hero for defeating the Spanish Armada. He was also reviled as a pirate, or technically privateer, as he got paid for his piracy by the Queen. He died in 1596. So fast forward a few centuries to the 1900s, when his estate unexpectedly came back to life. Kind of. In 1915, an Iowan named Oscar Merrill Hartzell was conned out of $6,000 with the promise of a piece of the unclaimed $6 million fortune of Sir Francis Drake. After realizing that he had been ripped off, Hartzell, a former deputy sheriff, decided, if you can't beat him, join him. So, in 1919, he launched his own confidence scam, and... He didn't really stray from the one he'd previously fallen victim to. It was an inheritance con in which he claimed the estate of Sir Francis Drake 
had not been rightfully distributed. He began contacting people with the surname Drake across North America out of the blue, explaining that they could be an heir to a large fortune. Though Drake had died centuries earlier, his estate, Hartzell explained, had never been closed. With the interest that it gained over the last 300 years, it was now estimated, he said, to be worth $100 billion, and all you had to do to get a share of those billions was to join him in a lawsuit against the British government. And to do so, you just needed to send him money. And hopeful Drake heirs did just that. Hartzell's Drake estate swindle was nothing new, nor was he the best at it. Promoters of a Drake estate scam began appearing in the American Midwest around 1900. In early versions of the scam, con artists primarily swindled just people with the surname Drake. In later years, scammers widened their audience to basically anyone willing to pay to get in. The most successful Drake estate scammer, unaffiliated with Hartzell, was a woman named Sudie Whitaker, a raven-haired widow in her mid-30s. She ran her version of the con like this. The rightful heir to the Drake fortune had immigrated to America during the 18th century. The line of descent, she claimed, could be traced to a man named George Drake of Roachport, Missouri, who, as chance would have it, was a cousin of hers. So what luck, as you can imagine. (laughs) As there was no actual inheritance from the Drake estate, there was no lawsuit to file or fund. And Hartzell took the money that potential and hopeful heirs had sent and relocated himself to London, where he used the fees paid by his marks to live luxuriously in the city. He explained to hopeful Drake heirs that his relocation from Iowa to Britain was going to help his negotiations with the British government. He also told them that he needed them to send a little more money to help cover his expenses. Once in London, it didn't really take very long for Hartzell's con to be discovered. By August of 1922, the British Home Office, alerted to Hartzell and suspicious of his activities, informed the American embassy that there was no unclaimed Sir Francis Drake estate, yet there was an American man claiming otherwise. In response, the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation opened an inquiry, and they concluded that Drake's wife had, in fact, duly inherited his estate in 1597. There was nothing to see here. This was a long-closed deal. But that information didn't stop people from donating to Hartzell. In total, he swindled at least $2 million, which is not adjusted for today's money, from about 80,000 people and possibly as many as 100,000. The con finally came to an end, just as it did with the Baker Heirs swindle when the United States Postal Service's postal inspectors got involved in the case for mail fraud. Hartzell, like Smith, had collected fees sent through the United States Postal Service. Postal Service Inspector John Sparks, together with detectives at Scotland Yard, arrested some of Hartzell's associates on both sides of the pond. Some of them cracked under questioning. Scotland Yard, too, had been keeping a file on Hartzell containing detective reports, witness statements, newspaper clippings, and a chronology of Hartzell's life while he lived in England. As a result of those years of investigation, Hartzell was extradited from England to the United States. On January 9, 1933, he was arrested upon his arrival on a French ocean liner in New York City and held on $10,000 bond. 
his Drake followers, ever loyal to the possibility of fortune, began to hound their local senators and congressmen who called them Drakers to set him free. Instead, Hartzell was put on trial in Sioux City, Iowa. In anticipation for, and throughout his trial, his Drakers sent him roughly $70,000 for his defense, which is a little bit more than a million and a half in today's money. On November 15th that year, Hartzell was found guilty on 12 federal charges of, quote, using the mails to defraud and collection of funds for his enterprise. In federal court, George C. Scott, judge of the United States District Court for the Northern District of Iowa, sentenced him to 10 years in a federal penitentiary and fined him with $2,000. Yes, in case you are a history buff and you're wondering, this is the same George C. Scott who had also served in the United States Congress from 1912 to 1915 and again from 1917 to 1919. And of course, not at all to be confused with George C. Scott, the actor, who was not born until 1927. Hartzell was imprisoned at Leavenworth Penitentiary, at least initially. During his incarceration, he was determined by prison doctors to be, as was written in his file, mentally unfit, and he was transferred to the Medical Center for Federal Prisoners in Springfield, Missouri, and that was his home when he died in 1943. What can we take away from this scam? Junk mail has been around for a long time, apparently, is what I take away from it. But quips aside, the tricks confidence artists use help them exploit some common negative human characteristics, such as greed, vanity, opportunism, desperation, and often just naivete. There is no profile of an inheritance scam victim or simply a confidence trick victim other than just being human. But while you're busy being human, it doesn't hurt to ask a lot of questions if something sounds too good to be true, because it almost always is. Except for this drink that Holly has for it. Maybe. Yes. (laughs) We'll see. No pressure. I'm calling this one association dues. <laughs> and I wanted to come up with something that um, is super duper delicious and yummy, but then also starts to taste a little different as you go. We haven't done like a flavor release ice cube in a minute. We haven't. And this one's very simple. You might actually even like it better as the ice cube melts. <laughs> but to start, you're going to combine half a cup of lemon juice. And in this case, if you want to do fresh squeezed, great. But if you want to just do the squeezy one, that's also fine. I'm not going to judge. Because you're taking that and combining it with half a cup of water and you want to mix it well together, put it into your ice trays and freeze it. So those are getting ready. In the meantime, once, once you have ice, you're ready to make a cocktail. And for this, you're going to pre-chill your class. And while you're doing that, into your shaker will go half an ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of maraschino liqueur, and an ounce and a half of gin. And then you're also going to throw in a splash of creme de violette. Oh. Just like a little, a bar spoon or less to taste. And then about three quarters of an ounce of low sugar apple juice. And you're going to shake it. So if you go just to the creme de violette, you've made a classic drink called an aviation. Congratulations. (laughs) But we want it to be a little sweeter. That's a very... It's a drinker's drink is what I would say, right? There's high alcohol content to it. And it tastes like a drink. So we want to add a little bit of apple juice to make it like a sweeter, slightly different thing. 
And then you're going to shake that all together. You're going to strain it into your pre-chilled glass. Normally a drink like this, you might not add ice. But in this case, we're going to add one to two of those lemon ice cubes, depending on the size of your ice. If you have those bigger square cocktail ice cube trays like you might use for a an old-fashioned, just the one, obviously. But if you if your ice trays are making smaller ice, you can just use a couple. And so as you drink, this delightful cocktail starts to become more and more tart and make you pucker a little more because the ice starts melting and it gets more and more citrusy. And that citrus is not sweet. And you may suspect that you have been duped, which I imagine is what it's like to think that you're going to inherit a ton of money and be all hopeful and then be like, this doesn't feel as good anymore. <laughs> this is the drink that that is how the bakers felt in the world. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. To make the mocktail, it's pretty easy. You're going to do that same half ounce of lemon juice. You will use a half ounce of like cherry juice. You can use the stuff from your maraschino cherries if you want. But if you do, I suggest adding something like bitters. If you are willing to include those, they do have, Mm -hmm. as we always say, a tiny bit of alcohol to them, but it's so small. You're doing drops at that point, so it's minuscule. If you don't want to do that, you could do something else like add um, a little bit of pepper to it. I love doing that to to things to make them a little different. In lieu of gin, I suggest an ounce and a half of lavender tea. Oh, yeah. This is developing a good mocktail. I know, right? This mocktail is pretty good. And then obviously just a violet syrup instead of creme de violette. The rest stays the same. Very yummy. If you want, listen, just leaf out that ice cube and have a delicious drink. That's fine. Live in your hope. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want the true baker experience, go ahead and let it race against time as you drink (laughs) to see if you can handle it. But that is the association dues. The longer you pay them, the less delightful it feels. That's my that's my thing. I'm not, I'm dead. Um, <laughs> I'm broke, Maria. Thank you for spending this time with us. We hope you don't feel duped and that you had a good time. We will be right back here again next week with another story of scams and another drink to enjoy, we hope. We will see you right back here then. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. 
Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.